Opening your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures this morning. And while you're doing that, open with you. Don't have any specific notes this morning. I just want to share with you out from two passages of scripture this morning. And uh, just talk with you. Is that okay? We're just going to do that together this morning. And then we're going to have a time of prayer and uh, want to anoint and pray for each and every one of you this morning. If you feel comfortable with that, going into a new year, this is a good time just to reflect back upon the last year, reflect upon what maybe God's been speaking to you um, through everything that has transpired in 2020 and where he's leading you into 2021. So I know that we're all believing for a better 2021 than we have in 2020. But at the same time, God did some things in 2020 uh, that we can be thankful for. You know, slowing down, I know that we've had an opportunity to build deeper connections and friendships with individuals and that probably wouldn't have happened if we continued the pace of 2019. So I am thankful for that. I am thankful for um, some more things I'll talk about in a minute and how they relate to the church. I want to piggyback on what Dave just shared about um, giving, the year-end giving. I sent out an email. If, you, if you're not aware, this year there's, because of the CARES Act and the COVID-19 and all that, there has been an opportunity that you have been given um, in the tax season for a $300, up to $300. Um, if you make a contribution to a nonprofit, you can get that taken back off as credit for your taxes. And so. That's exciting. I know that all of you are faithful in giving. That may not mean much to you. You probably surpassed that. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out to you. And the one reason that I mentioned year-end giving is because we received a gift um, at the church this past week, and it was a seed gift um, towards a building fund. And that's something that I'm believing God for in 2021. And so to get that gift, just for me, it was symbolic. It set some things in motion and um, just a seed. And so let's just believe God in 2021 that we're going to see that victory. Amen? Amen. And so that's going to be exciting. And so, um, so if you're in Luke chapter 2, verse 20, here we are at the, what has it been, like two days, three days? Let's see, three days now? What is today? <laughs> you know, <laughs> with days. all the holidays and and um, you know, just kind of settling down. You're like you forget about what day it is. Three days ago, we celebrated Christmas. How many have already taken down your Christmas decorations? Anyone? How many will do that today? Anybody? How about February? How about January second? <laughs> no. What's the latest that you leave them up for? February. February. Yeah, it seems like um, people leave them up longer and longer each year, but there comes a time where we put them away, right? We put Christmas in storage, we put everything back into the boxes. I bet you um, by a week from today, you're going to see Valentine's Day stuff up at Target if it's not already up yet. You know, in the special aisles in the back, you have the Valentine's sweet cards and um, all those different things like that. 
When we talk about the end of Christmas and we think about what preceded it, you know, there's really only like about 12 good days of focus, 12 days of Christmas leading up to Christmas. And during those days, you know, you see all kinds of crazy stuff happening, crazy um, things of generosity and kindness that people are doing. Um, I saw, you know, going through my Facebook feed, there was a social worker in town that got a brand new car on Christmas Eve, and um, it was all filled with groceries and all the things that she needed for Christmas Day, and um, just an outpouring of love. There was someone who had a home makeover, um, the one who lost her daughter early in the year, that hit and run that was downtown, um, that mom had a home makeover and people gave towards that and people were giving groceries to people in need and people were being extra generous and dropping money into the different kettles and, and giving to their favorite charities at this time of year. Um, you know, and you, and you think about that and you just think, how come that can't be all year long? And why does it have to be Christmas is over? You know, just 12 days or one day, and then we put everything back away and we go back to the normal routines of, of life. And it got me thinking, in Luke 20, Luke chapter 2, verse 20, where did the shepherds go? After they visited Jesus, Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem. Verse 20 in Luke chapter 2 here says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Now, we know that the shepherds were very humble individuals. They had a very ordinary job of taking care of sheep, protecting and watching over sheep, sharing the lambs and taking care of the little ewes. And, and it says here that when they left Bethlehem, they returned to their fields. They returned to the fields. January 2nd, or maybe the following week, depending upon your schedule, some of you are going back to work tomorrow, others of you are going back to work next week, you will return, right? Christmas will be over. You're back in your normal routine. You're back to taking care of kids, back to virtual school for our students. A few more weeks after that, and our young adults will be going back to college and back into their normal routine, homework. Some of us are going back to offices. Some of us are going back to taking care of individuals and businesses. The shepherds return to their fields, just like we will return to our fields of business, our fields of commerce. But friends, Christmas doesn't have to end. They went back. They didn't just return. They went back praising and glorifying God for what they had seen and heard. 
That's the cool thing about having an encounter with the Savior. You're forever changed. You're forever changed. And, you, and it always leads to wanting to tell other people about that. Turn over to Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. We'll, we'll start at verse 1 here. Remember last week I said that Jesus is still born in the mangers of our heart. He's attracted to humble things. One thing before we move on to Matthew chapter 2 is that I want to mention about the shepherds is that they didn't, they didn't stay camped there. They went back. And I think that's key because a lot of times we think, you know, um, when we have an encounter with God or, or things like, we just want to like tabernacle there. We want to stay there, set up residence there. And I don't read anywhere in that passage of scripture that they started like Messiah Ministries and, and um, they just started, you know, maybe doing tours through Bethlehem, come see baby Jesus. They went back and that's, that's the way it is in life. It's the Christian life is, you have to be patient. You have to be patient. It's not always what I call summer camp, you know, Bible camp. It's, it's, a, it's up and down. There's the, there's the high times in the mountains, and there's the low times in the valleys, but it's being consistent. It's being consistent through it all. Matthew chapter 2, let's read through here about the wise man or the magi. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Now the magi, or wise men, as it's here in the ESV, they came from Persia, which is modern-day Iran, Iran. And they came from the east, and they came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. They were smart men. They were intellectual. They were astronomers. They had studied the stars. They were aware of the prophecies that had been prophesied about a coming Messiah and so it says here that they when they saw this star and when it rose they were aware that they came to him when Herod the king Herod the great heard this he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him Herod was around 60 years of age the Bible tells us in other parts that he was a paranoid king he wanted all the power. He didn't want anybody to take away his power. He had set things up and set things into motion that he oversaw. And if anybody tried to come and take away his power, or um, he would have them killed. It was even talked about he had his own sons killed because they had transpired against him. So when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where is this Christ, and where is he to be born? Verse 5 says, they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets. See, they were aware of what the prophecies said. How many know that you can know everything there is to know about God and still miss Him? They had an intellectual knowledge of what was to come. 
But he was so concerned about himself and his power that he missed him. And it says, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. See, we look at the nativity scenes that are set up, and we see the three wise men there on Christmas Day, but they weren't there. And there probably wasn't even three of them. There was three gifts that they brought, but there could have been a multitude of them. So here it inquired of them and said, what time did you see this star? Because he was trying to figure out the time of the birth, how old Jesus might be at this time of their visit. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, listen, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. I don't think Jesus wanted that type of worship. He wanted to get rid of him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And here's the key. In going into the house, not the stable, into the oikos, the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, signifying his deity that he was the prophesied promised king. Frankincense, which maybe they didn't understand what all this meant, but frankincense had to do with, with Jesus' priesthood. And myrrh, that he was born to die. He's going to be the savior of the world. And being warned in a dream, and being warned in a dream not to return to here, they departed to their own country by another way. Being warned in a dream not to return to hear it, they departed to their own country by another way. How many know that when you meet Jesus, you can't go back the same way you went? Now we know here that Herod wanted Jesus killed. We can skip ahead four verses of verse 16 and we find out that Herod had summoned to have every child ages two years and under um, killed. Probably wasn't a mass killing. Some have talked about that the population of Bethlehem at that time was probably around 1,500 people and the number of children at that time that was born within that two-year period probably wasn't that many and for probably predominantly women, but nevertheless, there were babies murdered because of Herod's paranoia. He was paranoid. So this Magi, they had encountered this promised king. They had heard the prophecies, they were, they had come. And one thing that I find awesome about this is that they were Gentiles coming and you think about all the people that visited Jesus that are part of the Christmas story. It was the lowly shepherds 
You have Mary and Joseph, this common carpenter, a young woman. Then you have the Magi, these, these astronomers, these super smart people who have brought the best from their homeland, gifts and treasures to give to Jesus. Friends, Jesus attracts all different kinds of people. Jesus attracts all kinds of different people. And then they're warned in this dream. They're Magi, they're, they understand dreams. And they warn in the stream, don't go back the way you came. You're going to give away where the child is. And if you go back that way, you're probably going to lose your head. Right? So in the dream, they were warned to go another way. And as I think about that, as we end 2020, you know, there's been people who say that 2020 has put into motion faster what was already happening happening slowly. You know, they say that crisis always accelerates, right? Crisis always accelerates what's already happening. There, there were businesses that were struggling to compete, you know, with the big Amazons and the big box stores, and then... Um, then the coronavirus came and it just accelerated their, their demise. So some people will look and say, well, that was just going to happen. It just got accelerated because of the crisis. So a lot of people, because of COVID-19 and the things that transpired in 2020, say we can't go back and do things the way we used to. Things are going to be different. What are some of the things that you'll, you think will be different going forward? A lot more people, right, working from home. They say the workplace won't be the same. They say that the church won't be the same. There's a lot of people who have left the church that um, individuals say will probably not ever return back to the church. Um, the way we do church will probably be different. People say that, you know, shopping and eating out will be different. It will look different. Things will look different. So if you look at it in the context of this, have to go another way, right? You have to go another way. Now, as I was praying this morning, this week, and this morning, and saying, God, what do you want to do in the service? And I, I told Lisa today, when um, we were getting ready for church, I said, I call it an opportunity every week to stand up, and I can say things. You know, got a Bible college education, I'm continually in the Word. I can share scripture. I can share things, but what does the Spirit of God want me to say for you right now? Because I can share something, but I want to share the thing that God has for you right now. And it's verse 12, those last three words by another way by another way. I think that speaks corporately to us as a church that dissipations and things and that we've done in the past that may have worked and have been great aren't what we can do to go forward into the future. We have to move forward as a church body by another way. Amen? 
by another way, and, and we need to discern what that is. When you go another way, sometimes it's scary, isn't it? You know, I don't go back home very often during the holidays, and there's something special about, you know, going back home for Christmas and going to mom and dad's house. And, um, you drive down the interstate, there's not as many cars as there are normally um, because it's Christmas time, and, and so it's the sun is shining, uh, we have some snow, and, and just something magical about that. There's, you're, you're driving and you're reminiscing, you're seeing familiar you know, landmarks and different things along the way, and, and those bring back memories of, of trips that you've taken from, you know, back to mom and dad's home. To go a different way, you know, it's like, this isn't familiar. If I had to take a different way, say 90 was closed and I couldn't go back to Rockford the normal way, I had to go through the, the back roads and stuff like that, it would be all different. So sometimes we don't like going other ways because it's not familiar, it's change. A lot of times we don't like change. But I believe that God is calling each and every one of us to go another way. So I want to ask you right now, what is that way that God might be speaking to you by his spirit that he wants you to go another way? Think about it. Are you going to go into 2021 the same way that you went into 2020? You want to be the same person going into 2021 that you are now? by another way, not Herod's way. Maybe you're sitting here thinking, if I go back Herod's way, it's gonna be dangerous. It's not gonna be what God wants for my life. You wanna go back the same way of resentment or bitterness or unforgiveness that you have towards, say, an individual or family member? God calling you to go back a different way, another way. Is he leading you to step out and do something different? To take that step of faith, to do something new, to believe him, to have faith that he'll meet your needs in that? Is there a dream that God's put into your, to your heart, to your spirit that's just been dormant? He's, he's calling it out. I believe right now that it seems like there's a lot of people that have been sharing different dreams. I believe this is a dream season. God's just giving believers dreams of different things that he wants for their life, what he wants for our country, what he wants for our nation. To be able to discern those things and say, Lord, I want to go with you there, even if it means going another way that's not familiar. another way. What's that look like for Metro Believers Church? God, how would you have us as a church body go another way? We don't want to go down the, the same familiar roads. Remember the definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. Sometimes we have to take another way. Take another way. 
For now, Judah and Alejandro come. And I just want us to soak this morning in worship and think about that. God, where do you want me to go another way? You've also got a card this morning. We want to soak the new year in prayer and worship. We're scheduling a prayer gathering. It's going to be an hour long. Probably our first corporate. I'm sure we'll have times of prayer before then. We'll call everybody together, and I want you to mark this on your calendar and just set aside this day. January 23rd is a Saturday night. I've invited one of our new overseers, great mentor and friend of mine. I call him Papa G. His name is Gary Grogan, Pastor Grogan. He has just a few years ago passed the baton to his successor, and God has elevated him up in the Illinois um, region. He's well loved there. He sits on the Board of Regents for the, the college that I graduated from. University. He's a pastor of pastors. He's a, he's a true spiritual father. And I've asked him to come and love on our church on January 22nd through 24th. But on the 23rd, you're going to get an opportunity to meet him. And we're going to have a, um, a great prayer gathering. That night, I want to pray for requests. And so I'm asking now and over the next several weeks, Start writing down things that you're believing God for, maybe needs, desires, things that we can, um, that the elders and I can pray about leading up to the 23rd. And then on the 23rd, we're going to just bring those before the Lord and just pray for an outpouring of God's spirit that evening. And believe that God begin to answer your prayers as you walk into 2021, that 2021 was like different than 2020. So I want you to um, write those down. You can put them into the giving box, and we'll collect those. And we'll begin to, to pray over them. And each week, if you want to add one, um, just fill out a card, and you can do that. And then on the 23rd, too, one other thing, and I need to talk to the guys about this, too. It's something that the Lord has put in my spirit to do. And I'm sure that once I explain to them, they'll be in agreement with it is um, I want to take a missions offering that evening for some missionaries that are here to our church body. And so I want to be a blessing to them and just believe God for um, a great outpouring of love for them that night. So more details to come on that. But put that date on your calendar, 6 to 7 p.m., one hour. We're going to pray for... The missionaries that we support, we're going to pray for our local government, our city, those that are in, that are influencers here. We're going to pray for our church body, and then we're going to pray for one another that night. And we're going to believe for an outpouring of God's spirit that evening. And then on the 24th, Papa G is going to uh, be preaching in that service. It's going to be an exciting service. I know that he's going to be spending the next several weeks praying and, and asking God what specific word the Lord has for our church body for that weekend. So, some exciting stuff coming. Let's stand together. Let's worship. 
Ask the Lord, God, where are you leading me to find another way? And in just a moment, I'll come back up, and then I'm going to have Dave come, and him and I are going to pray and anoint you with oil and believe God to do something special. Set something in motion this morning. The creator of the universe went another way. He became one of us. The creator became creation. Talk about humility. Talk about vulnerability. To give yourself into the hands of your creation as a baby. Ten fingers and ten toes. The same needs that all of us have. So you could be like that. Say, Lord, willing. The wind goes where you call it, so will I. Where you can see God's call as an annoyance, like Kira did, be paranoid and say, I'm fine, I'm happy with my life the way it is. I'm happy with the attitude the way it is. I'm happy to my response the way it is. You can see him as just an annoyance. Or you can say, so will I. So will I. I'll step out, Lord. I'll, I'll go that way. I'll think that way. And as, as we pray for you this morning, maybe you don't feel anything significant, loud, this big display, change, it just made me just feel like that was great. But isn't that what it was like for the shepherds? They went back to the fields, but they were changed. So I believe that God is going to set something in motion this morning. We're going to be planting some seeds this morning and believing God for a harvest for you and for the kingdom. Asking you to be faithful and consistent and believing God for something new this morning. So I'm going to invite Dave to come. And we're just going to simply pray for you. Quick prayer. So we pray for everyone here. And then I leave it up to God to do the rest. So as Judah and Alejandro continue to play in the background, just you feel comfortable just coming up to the front. I'm just going to pray with you and then you can go back to your seats and worship together and then we'll close in just a moment. That has been done in this room. Lord, let the hunger continue, Lord. You join Psalms David saying, as the deer panted for the water, so much spirit, so much soul hunger and thirst for you. Lord, make us hungry and thirsty for new things. Thank you, Father, for the prophet Isaiah. He said, look, I'm doing a new thing. 
things that we don't even perceive. Lord, we look forward in expectation. We keep our hearts and our spirits and our souls multiple, Lord. Mold us into the people. Mold us into the church that you called us to be. I pray that 2021 will be a year of great things. Great outreach. Great family connection. Life. Vibrance. Souls being saved. People being discipled. People loving one another. And Lord, we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of that. Give us eyes to see, Lord, and ears to hear your spirit saying. Give us discernment in the places that we're supposed to walk, the people who are supposed to do business with, the location that you call us to be. Give us discernment in all those things, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you will meet all of our needs. Promise to, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just pray that you'd seal this now in the name of Jesus. Help us to enjoy the rest of this Christmas weekend. In Jesus' name.